When you're drinking a frozen beverage from McDonald's, your brain may not like how refreshingly cold it is, but the rest of your body, oh yes, it's going to relish every moment of it because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Get all the chill you need for just $1.69. From any size frozen drink, like a frozen Fanta Blue Raspberry, to a new ice-cold lemonade. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. What's up, podcast listeners? Thank you so much for working Go Long with Dun and Monus into your life. You can get everything Go Long has to offer by subscribing at golongtd.com. Monthly is $8. Annual is $50. And if you really love us, if you really want to support Go Long, hey, if you want to support Serafino and Ella, who you hear from time to time on this podcast feed, $150 will get you a black Go Long hooded sweatshirt a signed copy of The Blood and Guts, How Tight Ends Save Football, and full access to all happy hours. So we've been hanging out with Jamal Williams, TJ Lang, Stevie Johnson, Wyatt Teller, Richie Incognito, Alan Robinson, Ryan Leaf, Steve Tasker, Leroy Butler, Olin Krutz, Frank Winters came on. Um, let us know. Uh, the names you just heard were a lot of them were recommended uh, from pre- past subscribers. So now these are for our VIPs only to just make it a more intimate setting. Let me know who you want to hang out with. I'll do everything in my power to make it happen. Again, that's uh, for Go Long VIP subscribers. You can see the link right here in the description wherever you're listening to the podcast. All right, as we tend to do, I want to try to bring over some stuff at the site to the podcast feed after the fact. You might have caught the story on John Feliciano. Love him, hate him. You probably have strong emotions about him. He uh, he was beloved here in Western New York on those Bills teams that kind of turned the tide and, and, got, and, and turned a loser into a winner and then fell out of favor and was benched and was not resigned. Lost his love of football. Uh, went to the New York Giants and rediscovered his love of football. So John uh, brought up his old comments about the 13 seconds game. There's still a little part of him that is uh, a little bitter about it. He explains why, and he still doesn't like the pizza in Buffalo either. But he does love the wings. He does love 9-11 Tavern barbell wings. So, yes, I think you're going to really like this conversation with John. He opened up about what not only what happened in Buffalo and, and how things got back on track for him personally in New York, but his past, I, I really didn't know a heck of a lot about where John Feliciano comes from. He was homeless as a teenager for about a year and a half. And God, at times he was sleeping on the floor of a condemned trailer with no water, no electricity. So there's a lot to the story of John Feliciano, as you'll find out um, in this conversation. So here it is. And uh, again, hope we can have you as a subscriber to our current subscribers. Thank you so much. We're completely powered by you. Catch you soon. Easy being with them and then uh, and 
just the joy I get playing football and, and uh, like, I want to succeed for them too, you know, going out there and playing and the season we had and letting a, and Bayball ended up winning coach of the year. Uh, I remember we got into the playoffs and I was like, man, I'm so happy for you. And he was like, dude, shut, shut the F up. I'm happy for you. What are you talking about? Like, um, so it's just one of those relationships where, you know, we're doing it for each other. And, uh, that makes, that makes those, those hard days in camp and those long in the middle of the season, those, those, uh, those, those long grinds, it makes it easier. Yeah. I mean, Brian Dable, you hear the same thing, um, again and again, John, it's, I think I mentioned to you before we started, I, I, did a show with Isaiah McKenzie here in town and have talked to players, even, you know, in Buffalo and beyond. And they all say the same thing. This is a coach that I'd run through a wall for. He gets me. And it's not even in a like coddling sort of way, right? It's not like he's just letting you run amok doing whatever oh, yeah, you want. What's that balance like then? Why do, why do you, why do you love him so much? I mean, sometimes it's needed. I mean, he ripped me uh, when I got that penalty against the uh, Commanders um, for for flexing at a at a at a defensive player. Um, he gave me a good ripping, and uh, was, you look back on it, it's, it's pretty. I love when he gets fired up, and uh, obviously didn't want the penalty, but when he rips people, uh, when it's not you, it's it's pretty it's pretty fun to watch. He's just a little small meatball getting getting angry so uh it's it's uh he gets all red in the face uh it, and then two seconds later he'd be like that was a good one right and it's just like yeah it, this is a good one right I mean that that's that that's what makes a great coach I mean it's real and it's authentic and you you're gonna you're gonna listen to him right because he'll love you up when you want to get loved up and he'll get after you when maybe you have to you know get a talking to and yeah and then there's times where there's times where like Slay had a had a Slay dropped the ball uh, against the the Vikings, I think it was. And uh you just see Dave Ball go up to him and, and just bring him up and not, not tear him down. He knows he knows when to tear bring you up and when to tear you down. So it, he he's great at that balance. And how did you guys really I mean, I don't think anybody expected a damn thing out of the Giants this year. Really, mm-hmm. it was the, maybe maybe the maybe Brian and Joe Shane maybe they didn't expect anything. Who knows? But you, you made the playoffs. Um, you win a playoff game. Mm-hmm. You're competitive. What goes into building a culture from scratch? Like, what does it go? We hear that term all the time: culture, culture, yeah. culture. Process, process, process. A lot of times, it's just like a word salad of nothingness. Yeah. But there seems to be substance out there with with this coach, this GM. You players, mm-hmm. where did you even start to build that thing up? Um, but the thing was when when I first got there, and I didn't know much of the guys, um, didn't know much like about them or you know the culture there. Um, but they worked their butt off. Everyone in that building, like you can tell that they were tired of losing and, and just wanted to turn things around. And then Dayball bringing over his philosophy and his uh, system. Uh, it was kind of like the perfect storm because guys were ready to work and they will 
kept us going in the right direction in his in his idea. And um, it, I guess it was a perfect storm. I mean, we had we probably had the best D line in the in the league when when healthy. Um, that helps things too. Our defense was and having Wink Wink is a, a mad scientist. He's he's a mastermind, and uh, I was able to pick his brain. Me and me and Wink, we had this thing where Wednesdays or Thursdays during the stretch line, he'll come up to me like, "Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Is this gonna?" mess mess with the center or the O-line and then we'll do our two minute walkthrough or walkthrough before practice and uh I'll just be cursing Wink out on the ball just like if you Wink because there'll be freaking <laughs> guys just everywhere like remember I remember late in the season there was six there were four DBs and two linebackers on the ball. And they weren't on the ball. They were like walking around. And I'm like, bro, what what is this? This isn't like and so Wink Wink <laughs> Wink will keep you on your toes. And I would just be cursing him out. It's like, Wink, what the hell? What and he would just be giggling and laughing. Um but I think the uh the coaching staff that he brought over definitely had his same philosophy of football and and really just having fun. If you you can probably if you look at our defense and our offensive schemes, they're similar in the letting the players play and and really have fun. And uh, if I was a defensive player, I would love to play for Wink. And uh, same with with Dave and, and Kafka. Uh, we have a lot of fun in the building. I think you put it out there that this this season really rejuvenated you on a personal level. Can you mm-hmm. elaborate on that? How, how did you just learn to really love football again out there? It was a, a combination of the room I had, uh, the, the O-line. I mean, they were a bunch of guys that it, it was, it was really, really fun just being able to work with. There were some young guys and, and Glowinski who we came in together. We were in the East West Shrine game together. We got to, we finally got to play together in the league. Um, we kept in touch, you know, when he was in Indy and, and Seattle. Uh, so we had a familiarity there and, um, being able to play with him for, uh, this year was fun and, and got to work with AT, who, who, who is a up and coming, probably one of the top five, top three left tackles in the game. Um, and I think Bobby really, uh, got to flourish this year. Um, with, you know, just being able to do things and, you know, other, you know, there's, there's, I'll just stop there. Bobby had a really good year and, and, um, Hey, you don't, you don't have know, to stop there. I mean, it's, uh, it was, I, it was great to be with him. It, it, I mean, that's whether you're a coach, a player, um, you want to be able to be yourself, right? That's number yeah. one. And yeah, you, you can do that there. It it appears, yeah. And it was uh, it, it matters. It manifests. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, it was just a fun, a fun place to be, and uh, obviously it starts with Dave's and and Joe Shane, and they definitely preach, you know, being be be yourself. They want they want the Kafka always kept before every uh his speech before the night before the games. You always let let those personalities show. Um, and they, they truly meant that. 
I mean, you hear that here um, in Buffalo, I should say. Guys, and, and maybe it's true to an extent, you can be yourself. Uh, but is that the case internally? Um, I mean, you've been honest about your experience. A lot a lot of players have been honest. What, what's it really like at, at One Bills Drive? Yeah, um, I think they're starting to get the added pressure of uh, they haven't won one yet. Um, and you, I, I think that is a, that's a, you can, there's a little extra, you're not going to, if you don't get it done, then everyone's going to start, you know, you might be pointing fingers media wise, you know, what's going on? Why are they there yet? Um, I, I don't know. I thought you got, you guys probably had a good chance this year. Um, the Bengals, I mean, they're in a they're in a tough spot with all those uh, quarterbacks out there, like Burrow and, and Mahomes. Um, but you know, I'm not sure yeah. what, what happened. There. It feels like a team, um, kind of that was wound pretty tight at times, maybe. Where I guess I was pretty critical of Sean in the playoffs and kind of how he is running things. I don't know, fourth and two. You've got Josh freaking Allen, 6'5", 247. Get him on the edge instead of conceding defeat with a punt. Um, and we've seen that, you know, yeah. season after season after season. I, I'm a player. I want a coach that believes in me. Let's go for it. We're trying to yeah. win the game. We're not trying to lose by less points. Maybe that's yeah. kind of what you're getting where things are just kind of really tight and it, it can kind of permeate different elements of your organization. Yeah, I think the, the the trend nowadays, uh, as you, you see from like the Eagles or the Chiefs, um, I, I think guys, I think the philosophy is changing on on fourth down nowadays. I think people, I think you, you see the Super Bowl. I think it was like third and four or something like that, and they run the ball, and people, and then you see them go for it on fourth down. So a lot of times, um, I think the league is moving to third down is becoming more like a second down. Um, and then fourth is going to be third. Um, and I think the, with the rule, the rule change of being able to push the quarterback on the on quarterback sneaks really changed that uh, philosophy because it, it's, it's hard for a D line to, or a defense just to, to stop a quarterback sneak when you have that, that, that extra push. I know it's like a rug, rugby scrum up there. Oh yeah, dude. There's nothing worse than being the center <laughs> on a quarterback sneak. I'll tell you. I was gonna say you, you don't enjoy it. That I, I didn't know if you're like a glutton for punishment. Oh, no. I mean, you I'll like that it. world. I'll, I'll take it. But there's sometimes um, we had uh, I forgot who it was, but uh, we were in a quarterback sneak and they weren't in a diamond, so it was like a it was pretty open. Uh, so the, the the left the left a gaps were open. The left a gap was open, and we got the first down, but Daniel had got hit, and I was I was working a double team with the right guard, and he got hit right into my knee, and I was like, oh, those you you end up on the ground just trying to take a deep breath because that one definitely hurt. And you know what? That might have even been a third and seven in the Super Bowl. Now that I think about it, where they ran the ball, it, it yeah. the mentality is changing. It's it's mm-hmm. it, with, with how talented these quarterbacks are and these offenses and creative minds like Dable, like you might as well maximize every opportunity you have score as many points as you can um mm-hmm. i mean you, you kind of live that world with the giants with personnel that 
I mean, nobody gave you guys a shot mm-hmm. with, with, with who you had. So, I mean, do, do you guys kind of operate that way out there? Um, yeah, we definitely had a lot to prove um, everywhere. It wasn't just, uh, you know, line or it was the quarterback or I know Saqu- like everyone had their own thing to prove. Saquon wanted to prove he was still a Saquon. Daniel wanted to prove that that them not picking up the fifth option was was not you know in the best best interest. Um, so and you know defense wise, everyone had their own little thing they wanted to prove. And and I'm sure coaching wise, you know Dayball came over from Buffalo. He wanted probably wanted to prove that he can do it elsewhere. Um, yeah. So everyone had 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 every like had something to prove and we, we we really rallied together and we did a I mean we would have loved to beat the Eagles um but uh I think we we definitely had a, a good season it's such a human game I, I think we get caught up into numbers and and we're talking about numbers here but mm-hmm. on an individual level right when a guy has something to prove and is just go, going out there for a higher purpose, man, that could be a powerful thing. I, I almost forget about Daniel Jones with that option. Yeah, he did. You know, forget about us in the media saying mm-hmm. he might not be any good. His own team wanted to see him prove it, and he did. Mm-hmm. And now he put himself in a great position right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, when I got in the building, I, I kind of – you could see that he definitely has the talent um, and – no fault to his own. I, I think that with all that moving parts that parts that he had to deal with in his first four year, three, four years, um, that's tough. That's tough for anybody. Um, I think they, I think him getting to work with Shea and, and Kafka and Dave's was really great for him. Cause uh, they definitely want, they definitely put him in situations for him to win and, and for him to show his, his ability. And, uh, you know, I hope, I hope for, for everybody, he, he's back there. You, uh, I mean, just being as rejuvenated as, as you are with where we're with the giants, hopefully you get to stick around, obviously. Um, and you've been so open on your own mental health and I mean, we can get into it if you want on your upbringing. It's, it's so inspiring, but were you in like a not so good place toward the end there in Buffalo? I'm thinking back to the COVID and, not playing mm-hmm. at the end when then you wanted to be out there, but they didn't want you out there. And I'd imagine, I mean, depression might be a strong word, but I know you've dealt, dealt with it at times in the past. How bad of a place were you in, you know, before all of this in New York? Yeah, it was, um, I got, uh, it was unfortunate with all the injuries I, I got in the last season and a half or last two seasons there in Buffalo. Um, and uh, you know, I had the peck, I had a calf. Um, it was uh, it was definitely challenging, especially coming, doing all you can to come back, um, and then you know, riding the bench for the last whatever week, six or seven weeks, uh, and players coming up to you like, you know. I know. I feel bad. Like it sucks. Like we wish you were out there. And, you know, just keep going. Like all that stuff. Um, it was definitely challenging not being able to help and uh, knowing that you can. Um, but you know, I'm. A, 
I've done a lot of reflecting about it and, um, you know, I don't hold no grudges. I, I, I've talked to Sean. I've reached out to Sean. I talked to, I've talked to Bean. Uh, we're still all cool. Um, and I reached out to Sean, you know, during the, all that D ham stuff. And, um, prior to that, <laughs> I actually sent them a, a pretty, pretty funny message around the first, I think it was the first or second game. And I was like, if I have, if I have to hear one of these guys talk about how you're a, a wrestler and how tough you are, I'm gonna just break this TV or or throw up. I don't know. I forgot what I said, but I gave him crap about about how they always talk about he's a wrestler and stuff. Um, but you know, if I don't go back to the Giants, I wouldn't be opposed to going back to Buffalo. You know, it's not like it's not like it, it was all bad. Um, there was definitely learning, and uh, and it wasn't all their fault too. You know, I, I definitely could have handled situations definitely differently. And, and, uh, I always, I will always cherish the time I had in Buffalo. And I mean, it's a special city and, and I mean, what do they call it? A Highmark stadium now. Um, it's, it's, it's a great, it's a great place to play. I, I love that because it's, I mean, that's where it pays to be honest and be yourself. You, you wear your emotions on your sleeves and, you know, you. I think you know. At this time last year, we, we, and you were you were being honest, like talking about that playoff game and saying, "Hey, you know, kind of got what you deserved. You wanted to be out there. You wanted to help. You know, you believe your passion and and what you bring that violence is is can, can be a difference in that game. And you know, the fans are probably on your neck. You know, you're probably still prying yeah. them off on social media. And, and, and here you are that. saying, "I'd go back." And and you talk and you talked it out with the head coach and the GM, yeah. which. That's pretty cool. You don't see that. And they took that a little like too like like I don't think they listened to the whole thing cuz I was like there's a ton of emotions when when you lose like that. And 95% of it was fuck we lost like damn it like I wanted to win. Um uh 2% was like I was Holding a, I was definitely holding a little grudge towards uh, the people that made the decision. Um, it's not like I, I, I was not like I wanted us to lose. I, I was doing everything I could on the sideline to, to, you know, boost people's emotions or or just be there for my teammates. I mean, I was coaching Bates up, or yeah, Bates, I was coaching Bates up, like doing everything I could to to help the team win. Um, but I'm, I'm, like I said, I wasn't gonna lie. Like a little, little two percent of me was like, "Man, fuck y'all!" Like this is what you get for like I could have helped. You know what I'm saying? And that's just the competitor in me. If you like, if you're like it, like I don't think you you would want a player that didn't want to be out there. You don't want a player that's benched on the bench happy about it. Right? Yeah, like you, you're gonna be you're gonna be pissed off. You should be pissed off. You want to make a difference in this, mm-hmm. you know, historic meltdown of a game. Yeah, <laughs> you'd want to be out there helping your team. And so, what? It's weird. So you, but you're you're really close with your offensive line coach. I'm guessing it wasn't his decision why you weren't out there. It was somebody else. Um, who knows? 
Um, I, I, it probably wasn't his whole decision. Um, but uh, I don't know. I love Bobby. And uh, we have a special bond. Being, I've been with him for seven out of my eight years uh, in the league. <clears throat> Three in, in, in Oakland where he was the tight end coach. Uh, where I think I told the story a lot where he, he definitely, so he was a part of, he was the goal line, like he would make the goal line plays. So he would always do something to, to be able to throw me in there. So, uh, uh, you know, he always looked out for me then. So he's still doing that now. Yeah. You're, you're really tight with our guy, Lee Smith too, right? He was out there in Oakland with you. There it is. Triple F. Hold on. Oh, oh, Lee Smith right there. Oh, there he is. The jersey's right there. Yeah. Yeah, that's I was my half guy. expecting Lee to appear and, like, you know, burst through the wall <laughs> like the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> if we did this in March, he would. I'll be out. I'll be with him in March for a little bit. I mean, phenomenal dude. Great guy. Phenomenal story, what he's been through. Um, I just, you know, wears his emotions on his sleeve, too. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So you guys were together in Oakland. Together mm-hmm. in Buffalo, Bobby's there in both spots. Yeah. Uh, you know, how close – so why, why do you like um, Bobby so much? What makes him a great offensive line coach? And, and how did things – to get back together there in New York had to be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, besides the X's and O's, he's just uh, a real dude that, that, that you can bring your, your problems to or concerns to. Like if there's a – a question I have on a technique or, or anything like he doesn't get, he's, he doesn't get sensitive about anything. He'll sit down and explain to you, you know, why we're doing this or why did he believe in this or, or on a personal note, you know, I have, he has daughters and I have a daughter. Oh gee, like what's, how do I handle this? Um, yeah. So I, <laughs> He's just, I think our, our personalities definitely um, match with each other. I mean, he's a fiery guy, and and uh, I like to say I am too. I mean, that's what makes you special. That's why an NFL team should should want you right now, right? You're, hey, if you touch Josh Allen, you you might end up on your ass on the field. Like, you're, we, we saw that. Um, it's your style of play. It's your leadership ability. Why Why do you think? You know, yeah, give, give give you the floor here. Like, what what can you really bring an offensive line here down those lines? Man, I like to say I'm I'm pretty smart. Um, which I was happy I got to play center this year. Uh, I mean, I just love being able to diagnose the defense and you know flip protections or making mic points and. Um, that's what I think. That's why I was so rejuvenated this year, being able to really, you know, lead the offense, um, having the ball in my hand every play. Uh, it was fun, um, and being in the position I was in the Giants this year with uh, being one of the only guys that uh, you know, besides like Brita and and Webb, um, I was out there and, and I was able to you know, bring the other linemen along with, with the playbook and, and, you know, took, took some of the stress off of DJ's 
shoulders with, uh, you know, making mic points and stuff like that. We, that's one of those aspects of the game that we don't appreciate nearly enough. So this is an offense that yeah. I'm guessing is fairly complicated, you know, with, with date, with Dave's, there's probably a lot going on. Uh, well, yeah, I, I would handle to, all the protections up there. Yeah, I would hate to be a, a receiver or a tight end in this, uh, in this system, just because of all our one words, um, you know, one word will tell you, tell a receiver where to line up, what routes to do. Um, none of our one words, you know, there's no, it doesn't make sense. Like it doesn't like, there's no correlation most of the time, which is, it makes sense because you don't want the defense to, to, to hear a word and be like, Oh, this, that means this. Um, so, and you know, probably halfway during the season, we, we switched the words. So it, it, it can be rough for, for, for a tight end or a receiver. Cause you know, we're going to line up where we're going to line up five on the ball. <laughs> so yeah. that takes a lot of stress off my, our shoulders. Yeah. I mean, speaking to Isaiah Hodgins about it and he said, yeah, within in, in one play as a receiver, you've got all kinds of options. You've got a full menu, which is great. You love it, <laughs> but you better know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> Turn the right yeah. way and be on the same page <laughs> as your quarterback or else it's a pick six. Yeah, exactly. Man, and and just your leadership. Um, do you really pride yourself on kind of being a a vocal guy? I think you had said in the past, like you know, I I'm a guy that's going to speak up for better or worse to even the the, the higher ups. Um, what what can you bring vocally as a leader? And when when did you really do that? Yeah, um, I definitely got better with that. Um, I think that's uh would have been a little bit of my departure in Buffalo. I think I might have. <laughs> oh, is that right? I might, I might have went too hard. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm usually very quiet until I get on the field. Um, or, or you know, if we're in a meeting and, and I need to speak. But uh, usually, uh, especially in the mornings, I'm pretty crumpy. I don't really like to talk. Um but uh, yeah, uh, I just you know people always. I remember Saquon asking me this question when uh, one of probably during OTAs or it was early, um, which made me you know which I learned a lot about Saquon at this moment. But he was just asking people you know their whys and 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 like I think this was before practice, and he was like. Why? Why do you play football? Like, why? Why are you coming out here? Like, why are you doing this? And I was just like, I'm just out here for y'all. I mean, offensive line wise, like, I'm already at the point in my career, like what, eight years in, uh, I haven't made a Pro Bowl. I haven't done this. You know, I'm not. I'm not gonna make. I'm not. I'm not gonna make the Hall of Fame. I'm not. You know, the money's nice. Definitely playing for some money, um, but like, nothing gets me going more than you know, I pull around and, and make a block and I feel Saquon, you know, right off of me and, and him score and uh, watching my teammates have success is, is why I, I still play football. That's what it's about. I mean, you, you can really draw that genuine joy out of this sport. I mean, what makes it great, just mm-hmm. 
Tur- turning the corner, blasting somebody, and seeing Saquon score a touchdown. That's got to be the best feeling in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when I, like, I'm usually at the, at the point where, you know, if I, if I got somebody and he's going, like, Saquon running past me, there's probably just a safety left. And nine times out of ten, Saquon's probably going to make that safety miss and, and either score a touchdown or get, like, a 50-yard run. So, uh, as soon as I feel Saquon go past me, I'm usually already celebrating. <laughs> Everything you've been through, I mean, to this day, does it does it make you who you are, John? I'm sure a lot of readers have an idea, uh, but growing up in a condemned trailer and then homeless for a year and a half, and I mean, you were you were all over the place down there in South Florida. I mean, where where do you mm-hmm. even start with how you grew up and how it made you? You know, an NFL player going into year nine that a team would want in their core. Yeah, I think that uh, my upbringing really helped with uh, just being resilient. And um, Dave's always preach, preaches competitive stamina. And um, I think that my upbringing just helped me with that because, you know, most of the, when I was younger, I just kept my head down. And, and <clears throat> when I got to high school, you know, my whole goal when I started playing football is to go to the university of Miami and become a cane. Um, so regardless of any of my, you know, trials and tribulations, I just always just kept my head down and, and knew if I worked hard, I'd be going to, to Miami. And, um, you know, that came into fruition. And, and I think my first year there was, probably one of the toughest because I got there and then I was like well I'm here and I had to re readjust my goals because I was just like well now I'm here and what I'm like what am I doing um so I had to readjust my goals and 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 you know didn't really after my first year didn't really think I'd be in the NFL uh first year at Miami but, you know I was redshirted getting blown up by Olivier Vernon and, and uh, those guys. Uh, it was tough. <laughs> I was like, well, can I even play here? Um, yeah. You know, then, you know, readjusting my goals, went, had had the off season and, and really just worked my tail off and ended up starting, I think, the second or third game uh, of my redshirt freshman year. A lot of players like to say that they're a, they're a survivor and they know what it's like to, to fight and claw every day in professional football where you're, you know, you're bashing in other human beings for a living. That's just not, it's not normal, but you, you really are a survivor. I mean, what, what, what's it like when you are homeless and you, did you not know really where you'd be able to sleep at night? Some of those nights. And I mean, I imagine part of it's kind of like normal. This is all, you know, so you're not mm-hmm. going to sit there and be like, Oh my God, this is strange. But looking back, it's like, holy cow, I was living like that at that point in my life. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we, I, you know, the, the, the phrase, it takes the village. Um, I had a lot of support here um, that I'm extremely grateful for. Uh, my best friend at the time, he, he, he's passed, he passed in 2016. Um, his family really helped and uh, I was living with them. Um, 
my junior year into my junior year of high school. And from there, from my junior year of high school until like right before my senior year, um, living in a, a trailer where like my head would, was brushing against the, the roof. I had like duck and dodge fans. Um, us sleeping on a, on a twin mattress on the floor. Um, but, you know, we kind of, me and my best friend, we kind of looked at it as almost like a sleepover every day. Uh, and I was with my best friend. Um, we would play games or, and I would stay at school most of the time. So I would be at school from like seven till four, four thirty. Um, if I had basketball practice later, like six thirty. Um, so, you know, my, my, my high school basketball coach, Steve Todd and, and my high school football coach, Rashad West, um, those guys really, really, really helped me become the guy I am today. So your best, your best friend was Sean Cole, I want to say, is that right? Yeah. Sean, Sean Colorico. Yeah. Cool. And he, he coined uh Mongo. He gave you that nickname. No, it was my uh it was my uh J V uh head coach, uh Will uh, Bill Coyne. Uh oh okay. Great, great guy. Yeah, it was off of uh Blazing Saddles, a movie I hadn't watched yet, but um yeah, it was it was from then. I'm glad we can set the record straight because I think I saw it might have even been on the giant site where yeah, his buddy called him Mongo because it's short for humongous. So we got, we got it right now. That's good. How close were you, you and Sean? And I mean, what's, uh, I mean, to lose a best friend um, that you, you know, when you go through some, stuff like that with your, your upbringing, I, I, I can't imagine how difficult that must've been in 2016. Yeah. I mean, he was like my brother. Uh, I, really, I don't really call him my be- best friend. Uh, he was definitely my brother. Um, so we, we had, when his parents divorced, his, his family lived with my family for a little bit. Uh, and then when I was homeless, I lived with him for a little bit. So we, uh, we, uh, we spent like almost every day together. Um, and that was a, a rough, a rough thing to get through. Um, my, my daughter, we named my daughter after him. Uh, so we, we'll, we're going to keep his memory going. That's pretty great. How old is your daughter now? She's five. Yeah. And this, the spelling on Sean for your daughter is uh, we my that was one the one of the things I had uh I lost the fight to, but I'm okay with it. His his name was S E A N. My daughter is S H A W N. So close enough. Just had to make sure. I, I that's what I thought I saw, but yeah, it's uh the memory stays true. I think when you when you stayed at his house. I think you had said in the past there were times where you would still like you almost felt like a burden at times. If yeah, you go back I mean, I to your condemned was. trailer on some nights. Yeah, some nights. Um, you know, his his family, like my family, we weren't we didn't have money. Um, so, you know, I was definitely a burden. Um, and my girlfriend at the time, her family uh, really really helped helped me out as well. Uh, you know, clothing and. And you know they would feed me a lot, um, and just having a place to stay. I would sleep on a couch or or, or on a floor. Um, so, like I said, it took a village, and, and everyone helped me to get to where I'm at now. 
when you go back to the trailer though what's it like in there i mean there no, nobody's in there right it, is it boarded up um uh it, it wasn't boarded up <laughs> probably there's definitely i mean we didn't have uh our floors weren't there so it was just like wood floor it was just like the wood uh what's those called yeah anyway, it was just wood and uh no power um i would just i would just go there and sleep sometimes how in the hell did this all make you who you are um now that you can kind of reflect and look back at what you went through uh and not knowing what the next day was going to bring it just you know kept me level-headed um there's nothing uh in the lead that's going to affect me too much. Uh, you know, you know, I give, give the sack, fuck it, move on, you know, like it could get, it could be worse. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. I mean, the, I got to know Tony Gonzalez for the tight end book that I wrote. And even, you know, you look at Tony and it looks like he doesn't have a scab on him. It looks like this is somebody who, how much adversity did Tony really face? And, and then he goes through his story. It's like, well, he, he actually did go through some shit. And he's mm-hmm. now raising kids who can literally have anything they'd want in life. You know, he's got X amount of millions of dollars. And he said, as a dad, I want them to go through some hard times. Like, you know, within reason. You know, you don't want, yeah. you know, I don't want them living like I lived. But um, it, it, you need to go through some shit as a kid, mm-hmm. as a teen, as a young adult to to learn how to be a man or a woman. Right? I mean, this... Otherwise, because it's inevitable. I think maybe a lot of guys, maybe not, but some guys in the NFL, maybe they never went through what you went through or anything close to it. So, bang, adversity strikes, and you don't know how to handle it. You don't know how to deal, where you always kind of know how to deal with anything that would pop up in your life as an NFL player. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, I'm, I'm really appreciative of, of how I came up. Um, hard times make hard people. Uh, so... There's definitely I I still drive through the trailer park on occasion just to, I had a lot of great times there. It wasn't all bad. Um, I made a lot of great friends. I was able to be a kid. You know, I was outside most of the time with with my boys and you know playing sports or playing freeze tag in the parking lot, <laughs> uh, playing manhunt. I mean, I, it was there's a lot of great times and and. and I'm still close with most of my friends from, from that time. And uh, I wouldn't change it. What was that, that, that you're kind of willing to relive? What would have been the hardest part about living there or the hardest time that you think did kind of harden you for today? Um, probably just my, my family issues. Um, uh, my issues with my mother and, and with my older brother who, who, you know, we're, we're doing, better now me and my older brother uh but uh probably th- those times just just a bad rocky relationship with with mom i don't you don't really talk to her today yeah no we don't we don't we don't really talk too much and but your brother your older brother i think this time last year you said you hadn't talked to like six seven years is that yeah we, uh, a bit? we you know I, I still keep keep people at a distance but um you know i have I have uh, his kids uh, living with at my house uh, with my dad right now. Um, so, and I love those boys. So, so you know, we uh, 
I saw him yesterday. Uh, gave him a little hug and talked for a minute or two. Uh, so that's getting better. But, uh, you know, I like to keep people at a distance right now just to yeah. make sure. That's that's smart. Yeah, it's yeah, families can be complicated, I suppose. I mean, he was I mean, he was your older brother. right? He's kind of rough, rough growing up with you. Is that mm-hmm. kind of where it started there? Yeah. 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 And it's also, you know, growing and, you know, I like to read a lot of books about, you know, the mind and and philosophy and stuff like that. So I understand he, he was probably dealing with his own battles. Uh, so my older brother lived in New York for most of the time with my dad and, and uh, me and my young brother lived with my mother. So he probably definitely had some some mommy issues of feeling abandoned kind of, kind of thing. Uh, and I was always the, the child that was doing things right. So you would probably feel some type of way about that. And your younger brother, you're really close. I want to say right? he's, I think he's deaf too. Yeah. He, he's, he's deaf. Um, yeah, we're cool. We're all right. Um, there's some, he trying to get him going the right way, but, uh, it, we're, we're definitely good. Gosh, and you fast forward to, to today. I mean, you've got you're raising your own family, creating your own future. Um, what kind of where do you draw your your happiness when you wake up in the morning? Kind of what I know you said you're groggy. You know, you're not maybe you're not much of a morning kind of person. But uh, what what really kind of fills you with optimism after everything? Just like my kids and my wife. Uh, you know. <laughs> My son, yesterday, I was laying in bed. I was up, but you know, I was just wasn't out of bed yet. And he, uh, you know, comes. He just opens the door and comes, jumps in bed, and we start watching a little TV together. Uh, just, just, uh, just my my kids' smile and their happiness is 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 what keeps me going. I love it. Yeah, as long as it's not like four thirty a.m., we had some some wake ups in the four range yeah. for a while. We had to kind of work through that. But <laughs> we're talking maybe sixes, hopefully. No, even better. It was like eight. Eight? Yeah. Oh my yeah. god! It was eight. That's amazing. My, my daughter had already gone to school, or my wife took my daughter to school. Uh, no, today's Monday. No, today's yeah. My wife took my my daughter to school and. Uh, she she came home was in, and called back in bed with me and then and then my son just opens the door and sticks his head through see if we were up <laughs> and we're like yo come on and he was all happy just you know running and, <laughs> and uh yeah that 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 made my day. How how old are your kids again? My daughter is five. My son is two. Five and both their birthdays are in May, so they're about to be six and three. And what what are you getting into with them? What shows are you watching? What do they like to do now? What kind of gets you going as a dad? Oh, yeah, shows. Um, no, son, oh yeah, that's that's key. You're not you're off of Coco Melon, I hope, right? You're off. Yeah, of- uh, yeah, yeah. My son, we'll, we'll catch him trying to like grab an iPad to watch Coco Melon, but he's, he's he knows he's not allowed to. Uh, but he's he's really into Shark Dog right now uh, on Netflix. Good show. Yeah, it, it's it's not it's not one of, it's not the worst. Um, yeah, good. Good's daughter, relative. It's very relative. Yeah, yeah. My daughter's is obsessed with Ryan, that that, that little kid that that 
plays with the toys. Uh, he was on YouTube, but now he has like a, a, a show on Amazon Prime. And um, I don't like that one too much. It's the worst. Yeah, those YouTube shows with the like the real life kids playing with stuff. They're, I'm sorry, they're just freaking weird. Like that Diana show. We had to, you know, I told our daughter Ella that Di- it just doesn't work. Said so Diana <laughs> doesn't work on YouTube. Does it'll <laughs> pop up, you know, as a teaser on on YouTube, and it's like, oh yeah, just I can't. It's not playing. Sorry, hon, it's just not working. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't, I don't. Uh, and like that Ryan kid has his like parents in it and like, they're all like, I mean, I good for them. I mean, they have a great imagination, I guess, but it's just hard to watch. I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, blippy would be the extreme version. Like that's, that's, that's pretty brutal. We, we, (laughs) we haven't waded into those waters. I mean, bluey's solid. Bluey's a good. Yeah. I'm cool with bluey. I'd be singing the song. Unfortunately, during the day, just come pops up in my head. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, bluey's a good one. Uh, I've been trying to get my, my son into like more like Mickey Mouse kind of stuff, but uh, when we went to Disney, we got like a Mickey Mouse balloon, and he's been like carrying that around like nonstop. Oh, nice. And like I try to show him the show, and he's just like, "Nah, sh- shark dog." I was like, "All right." Also, you did the Disney trip. You you got that in already with the two kids. Yeah, well, yeah, we did that with them last year, and then this year for my birthday, we kind of left the kids behind and. And me and my wife and Davis Webb, his girl, and and, and Bees and, and his wife, we all met out there and had a couple of days just grown-ups. Uh, so that was great. Me and my wife did the same exact thing last spring. It's I I, I was skeptical. I didn't know that grown-ups could have Epcot, a trip around the world. Yeah, all the time. Did you uh did you hit the Guardians ride at Epcot? Guardians of Galaxy. No. Oh, it's the best. It's the best ride. Down we were there, really. Best ride in Disney. It just came out recently, like last year. Uh, but yeah, best ride. It's that great. Been it. We did the the Hagrid ride at Universal was pretty cool. That bike that was worth like the two. I haven't got to do that one yet because the lines are ridiculous. They're nuts. You wait forever, but it was worth it. I I remember doing it and saying, "All right, I'd wait another two hours to do it again." It was that cool. <laughs> so I guess just you know. What 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 do you still have to accomplish, you know, in this game, John? What 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 goals do you still have as a player? Man, I want to win a Super Bowl. Uh that's the ultimate one. Um I don't really care about the other accolades. I mean, I'll take them, but I'm not really that's not what really gets me up. Um I'll take a I'll take a Pro Bowl, I'll take a all pro, all that. Uh but I really just want to win a Super Bowl. And you're just kind of in wait, wait and see mode. Did you have any feel from the Giants around the league? What interest will be like? Yeah, I mean, I definitely uh, think they'll. You know, they definitely said they wanted me back, um, but you know, that's a it's always a tricky situation um, cap wise and what they're going to do. Uh, hopefully, Kafka goes to Arizona, so so I have a couple more couple more places that that would potentially want me um so we'll see that's so true yeah and even even buffalo which i'm honestly surprised that you have a desire to even entertain the thought of playing for the bills if that was a possibility it's there i mean i mean i love josh uh it wasn't just a show to it wasn't you know it wasn't just like 
I'm not doing that for anybody. I'm not going to pay all that money for the fines for someone I don't love. Um, and, you know, there's, there's all the guys in that locker room. I mean, I talk to most of them still, uh, you know, yeah. it's a, it was, it was a really good locker room. Um, and I mean, they're close. Uh, I mean, Cole went back. I never would have thought that Cole Beasley would have signed with the Bills after all that stuff. And he should have really came to the Giants. So let's let's just be honest. <laughs> yeah, you could you could, could use a little uh, slot receiver in there, right? And that offense—that's the offense he flourished in. Dayball's offense. Yeah, he would have. I give him crap all the time. Me and me and Webb were killing him all all this weekend about it. Um, were you? <laughs> hell yeah. Well, we gave him a whole bunch of shit. Uh, he was a good sport. He he know, he knows he knows what's up. He knows what he, especially that we lost the same uh, the same round of the playoffs. Uh, you know, we maybe we would have beat the Eagles if we had to, buddy. Exactly right. That was, I mean, Dable's offense. It was. I, I guess we all assumed it would just be the same with Dorsey. Like, oh, you know, you're going from this OC to that OC, but. It was that short to intermediate passing game with Cole, with Diggs. Everybody was there with Brian. There's like a rhythm. There's a flow. There's an unpredictability. And I guess statistically their offense was still really good in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. But it was a little more boom or bust. Like that element that you had with Bees, it, was, it wasn't there, you know? Yeah. And Bees definitely still – he still got it. Um, he definitely still got it. So uh, hopefully me and him will be together next year. That'll be fun. You're the man, John. God, I can't thank you enough for taking an hour like this. Is there, uh, I mean, really, any, anything else you want people to, to know about you and this uh, this kind of next chapter? Just the Buffalo fans, like, relax. Like, I still love y'all. Relax. That I, I definitely was a little sensitive about the loss. Like, I definitely felt like Y'all got what y'all deserve. Y'all got what y'all deserve. Like this, this much of me did. That much. That's enough, though. That's enough right there. Like, they didn't like that, but it's all right. Like, you, you, got, a few, you got a few replies? You got a few uh, messages from folks after that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and every time, anytime I would talk good about them, they'd be like, oh, like, that's not what you said last year. Uh, all this crap. I'm like, what are you like? Shut up. Like, like I lo- like I. I love my teammates and and my time in Buffalo, except the end, obviously. Um, and the pizza sucks. It's not like it's not like the pizza in Jersey or New York, and that's just my preference. It's all right. Like, I got Hachi got- pizza with Dion Dawkins though. It was pretty good. Yeah. Um y'all have the wings. I love the wings. Y'all got me into blue cheese. I hated blue cheese. Except the only blue cheese I- I'll eat is Barbell's blue cheese, which is top notch. If you do come back, we gotta do this at a nine eleven tavern in South Buffalo, though. That's that's the new that's- number one. I, I I like now that's a, that's a good spot. Oh, you've had nine eleven then? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's real good. Yeah, you know, I've been back to Buffalo. I mean, God, I hated selling my Buffalo house. That was my I raised I raised uh, I raised my kids in those that house. My daughter was like 
two when when I first got that house. I had my son there. Uh, yeah, that it was it was horrible selling that house. I mean, I I love I love living in Buffalo. It was a great time. The the team, the players are are unbelievably tight. Maybe that's kind of what gets lost in it when you when you made that comment. It's like, yeah, you're not you're not speaking down on your teammates. You guys are not, unbelievably not one close. of my not one of my teammates batted an eye about what I said. But they um, they completely understood what I was saying. Uh, and when you take that L, the emotion, your emotions, you're you're hurt, you're sad, you're mad, you're disappointed, you're angry. Like that's all there. Um, so they knew what I was saying. So. That's all I care about. Well, you know what? This is this is a Super Bowl window. You've got a quarterback in Josh Allen who's doing things we haven't seen. Um, I mean, at, at a much much smaller scale, I heard from a few fans after writing about you know this bad bad situation out of Arrowhead. So I I think I kind of saw maybe a fraction of the backlash you got, but I think after the Cincinnati loss, fans are like, shit, we. We, we th- things got to change. Something's got to change because we've got a chance to win it all. Let's stop punting on fourth down. Let's stop trying to lose by less points. Let's try to win a game here, everyone. Uh, so I, that window, you, know, you were just bold window. enough to vocalize some of that displeasure. Yeah, and that window is, is closing more as as the year goes by, as, as years go by. So like, there's no time like the present. No doubt, and. I, I heard emotions were pretty high in the locker room at Arrowhead after that game, as they should be after you're 13 seconds away. Um, offense, defense. I, I met you know, players are gonna they they realize what you just said. Like we've got an opportunity here, and that window could close. We'll see what happens. I don't know what they can do. Maybe maybe if you're willing to like you know play for free, they'll let you they'll let you play. But I don't think you want to do that. No. Nah. <laughs> Get your money. Get your money. Every player out there needs to get every penny you can possibly get. You're you're the ones out there sacrificing everything at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Oh. Hey, John, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate you. And uh, if you see if you see Lee, give him hell for me. He's I will. He's a good. Don't dude. worry, I will. I'll hit him for you. I'll, I'll take him down and mess. With you. Yeah, I will. Appreciate you ha- having me on. <laughs>